Welcome to the Metal Bob Live Podcast. I'm your host, Metal Bob. Today's show is brought to you by Legend Picks and also artist Jeremiah Kallick. You can find links to our sponsors and more at the Metal Bob Live website. There you can also find links to the latest Metal Bob gear, including shirts, hoodies, and more. On today's show, I had the honor of speaking with bassist Mr. Dave Fowler. Dave has toured with Lori Morgan, the Boxmasters, and is currently on tour with Artemis Pyle. We had a great conversation about all kinds of cool stuff. So sit back, have a listen, and enjoy the show. Thank you. Hello, this is Dave. Mr. Dave Fowler, how you doing? This is Metal Bob from the Metal Bob Live Podcast, buddy. Hey, Metal Bob, what's going on? Man, it's great to talk to you, man. I've been, uh, you know, I've been a fan of yours for years. Uh, I first reached out to you about 20 years ago on MySpace. Remember that? Wow. <laughs> Barely. Yeah. But exactly. Thank you for that. You're very kind. Thank exactly. And I, and I think what, drew, I don't even remember what drew me to you, but I think it was the fact the basis used to be a, I don't know if you still are, but you were a Spectre sponsor. Yeah, I, well, I, I still kind of work with Spectre a little bit. I've kind of evolved into a, a real different thing, which we will talk about as we go here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but the Spectre basses, I think, is what's kind of drew me to you because I was always a bass player. And uh, you had the cool designs and all the different artwork, and, and I always admired that. Well, thank you, man. Yeah, I, my old white Spectre that I kind of, in a roundabout way, I guess I got known for was I found that bass in 1995 on tour and, uh, and, uh, I found it. And, um, well, let me back up the story on the bass actually is I was in Portland, Oregon when I was still playing for Lori Morgan country artist. And we were on tour. We were in Portland, and we were going to play the Rose Garden the next night where the Blazers play basketball. We were on tour with somebody, you know, like Alabama or somebody. I, I can't remember distinctly, but um, I saw this. I was driving around the day before I got a rental car and like I would do on the road. And I passed by this record store and this huge police poster was in the window with it was the synchronicity tour with Sting jumping off the drum riser with that white specter. And I was like, it really caught my eye. So I turned the car around, went back down the street, went in the record store, bought the poster, mailed it home to myself so I didn't have to carry it around on tour. And then that started my hunt for a white specter. But what I didn't know is the Kramer era that I was looking for, they only made 108 white ones. And so it was a little hard to find. So I started putting, at that time, there was all the base specialty shops, you know, third base in Denver and uh, base central in LA and uh, base Northwest with Evan up in Seattle. And there's a lot of base specialty stores, uh, the, uh, the base place in Arizona. And so I called every base shop and every major music store in New York, everywhere looking for one and could not find one. Two and a half years later, I get a call from Lee Miller at the base place in Arizona asking if I had found one and if I still wanted one. And I said, I did not find one. And yes, I would love to have one. 
And unbeknownst to me at the time, the one that I have today is the one I still have. And it turned out to be the best sounding Spectre out of, and I've, I've owned a lot of them through the years off and on. And this one has some kind of magic about it. Uh, tonally, that's just no other Spectre has. And I've just held on to that little bass and it's, I still got it and still love his basses. Nice. Yeah, and you know, I don't even know where to start with you because you have been involved in so many projects. You're a record producer, you've been a tour manager, you're a touring blade, you're a touring bass player. I mean, man, you've done a lot. Well, I, and I don't, uh, quite honestly, I I don't really think about it until I get on the phone with somebody like you and you start bringing up. Oh, you did this and you did that. Cause I just, I, you know, I, I'm so, let me start off by saying, I'm so thankful that I'm still in this business. And not only am I still in this business, I'm still uh, doing it on the level that I was doing it when I was 22 and I'm 58 years old. So, you know, I'm man, I count my blessings every day because so many guys get swallowed up in it, but I learned, to do a lot of different things along the way, Bob, because man, in order to work, you know, you just, you, you really, you really can't, or you shouldn't have a lot of pride in this business because this business will humble you. It's like, um, it's like golf may do to a professional athlete. It will humble you, man, Right. because there's, there's just always, the next thing going on and everybody's moving on and, and it's youth driven. As you get older, you become not rest, less relevant because you're not important. It's just, it is a youth driven business. And, and, and it happens to all of us, man. It happened to the guys when I moved here, when I was 20, you know, uh, I became the guy and they were on their way out just like I am now, you know, but, I've been real lucky, man, and I, I'm I'm grateful that I've I've been able to do the things I do, and I and I learned to tour manage out of necessity, out of you know uh, Lori Morgan, uh, bless her heart, she asked me to tour manage early in her career and play bass because I could make twice the money that everybody else was making, and I was like, well, heck yeah, sign me up, and uh, that she was very patient with me and. To this day, I have a great relationship with Lori. She's a, a wonderful friend. And uh, that's where I cut my teeth tour managing. And then I went on to do it for Billy Bob Thornton and play bass and tour manage for Billy Bob. And, and then I was just one of the tour managers for Dolly Parton on international tours. And, uh, you know, I mean, I just I don't I don't think about all that stuff until I get on the on an interview like this. And then it, it all starts rolling around in my mind of all the things that I've been fortunate enough to do. Uh, so, but thank you for following and for bringing all that up. It's, they're all good memories. You know, well, not all good memories, but, but most all of them are good memories, man. Absolutely. You know, and I, and I had reached out to you, I think a couple weeks ago, because I just got done seeing the box masters in Kansas city at knuckleheads. Oh yeah, man. Man, it was a great show, dude. It, it you know, th them guys are really cool, man. They got a little rockabilly jazz kind of rock and roll vibe going on. And uh 
I was really hoping you were going to be touring with them this year, man. Cause I'm, you know, as long as I've known you on social media, I've never got a chance to shake your hand or meet you. And I was kind of hoping for that, but, uh, well, so, I have to try to fix that. Where are you located? I'm in Columbia, Missouri now. So okay. yeah, originally I lived in uh, the quad cities in Illinois. I'm sure you're familiar with that area, Davenport, mm-hmm, yeah. Iowa and all that. Yeah. Stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we're going to be, and you should look at artemispileband.com. I, I, we're probably going to be out somewhere within striking distance soon. I know we're coming to Iowa. We're coming to um, Minnesota won't be close, but uh, Arkansas might possibly be. I don't okay. know. Just have to look at our schedule because uh, as far as I know right now, unless we get shut down again, the tour dates are intact. Nice. I'll, uh, yeah, man. I'll make it a point to try to see Artemis Pyle, man. I really, I'm really interested in that. Uh, I know Artemis played with Leonard Skinner. He played the drums in the seventies. He was on like, uh, give me back my bullets and, uh, street survivors. I know he's been around for a long time and, uh, I know he played drums with them again in the late eighties, early nineties. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes, that is correct. Mm-hmm. And so how long have you been with Artemis? I've been in the band about seven, almost eight years now. Um, it's, um, Artemis is a great guy, man. He's, he's just a, a, a really warm guy and, and man, he, he just turned 73 and he plays, he still plays with that power and that energy that he had in his twenties. Now he's because he's older, you know, and he was a Marine, so he's still very disciplined. Uh, he was a Marine from 68 to 72, right during Vietnam. Fortunately, he did not get deployed. Um, somehow, I don't know how he escaped that, but, but he didn't get deployed. But anyway, he, uh, he's just a wonderful guy, man. And, and really what we are is we're a band that we pay, uh, we honor and pay tribute to the music of Ronnie Van Zant's Leonard Skinner. So we play all the old great songs, you know, Saturday night special, uh, simple man, free bird, sweet home, Alabama, Curtis Lowe. We play all that era of the, of the Skinner music. And, and so, and a lot of people would say, well, you're just a tribute band. Well, we kind of are with the real drummer, you know, so, uh, but we really, we take a lot of pride in duplicating the music to a T. And if there's one, uh, uh, the best compliment we get ever from the fans is that they haven't heard the music played like that since they saw Skinner in 77. We try to play it that close and that tight. Uh, to what they did. We try to get the sounds correct. We use a lot of uh, uh, the same style instruments. Uh, we really take time in dialing up the sounds and, and, and it shows when we play, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it's not even necessarily that we're all killer players. It's that we, 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 we really work well together and that's what makes a great band to me, you know? Right, and I also read somewhere that you guys took time to learn the original arrangements of those songs. Oh, we did, yeah. Yeah, Artemis brought to the table a lot of their endings that they used to do, and uh, I mean, down to that, you know. Yeah, we we spent a lot, especially 
Uh, our two guitar players are Scott Rains and Jerry Lida, and we all grew up together in North Carolina. Our keyboard player is Brad Durden, who does the the majority of the singing. Uh, Scott Rains does sings the songs that Brad doesn't. Uh, but uh, yeah, those two boys spend have spent countless hours on parts, and they actually got to know Ed King before Ed passed. And they went and sat down with Ed uh, several times just to pick the songs apart and to learn the right parts and, 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 and all that. So they really spent some time with Ed learning that stuff. So it's, we try to do it upright now. Nice. So I just want to go back a little way. So when I, when I first started talking to you years ago, I know, how did you get the whole Dolly Parton gig? Man, that was a direct result of my really dear friend, Kent Wells. Uh, Kent is a guitar player buddy of mine. Just, you know, I've been so fortunate to be around so many unbelievably great musicians. And Kent is one of those. Jerry and Scott are, Brad is, Artemis. Uh, you know, there's, I've been able to play with just some fantastic musicians. Uh, my buddy, Todd Woolsey, my buddy, Jack Gavin, there, there's too many to count, but, uh, Kent and I became friends, man, when we first both landed in Nashville, you know, 37 years ago, we just, we met, uh, at a, at a show. He was playing with the Oak Ridge boys. I was playing with Lori Morgan. And we were the opener and we just, we met that day and we became friends and we just hit it off. And uh, eventually Kent became Dolly's guitar player and is today her record producer. And we've just been friends. I, it's hard to remember a time in my life that Kent Wells was not in my life. Uh, he's a great, he's a great dude. He's a great family man. He's a great, he's a great dad. He's, uh, and, and man, he's just one of the most amazing guitar players I've ever heard and a great record producer. His son, Derek Wells, uh, if you listen to country radio, his son, Derek's probably playing on, uh, you know, uh, 15 out of the top 15 records and <laughs> uh, in, in the top 15 playlist, you know, uh, he, he chip off the old block there. Derek has, has become a, tremendous musician and and now a record executive in his own right so he's he's doing well we're really happy for Derek. Uh, that, that's great man yeah man but kent uh kent got me in that camp that's not an easy camp to get into yeah Dolly. i bet no she's very as with anybody of that stature billy bobs that way billy yeah he just has certain people that you know he, he their comfort level is very important the artist comfort level you know so i mean uh kent eventually was able to kind of get me over there and and did a couple of uh european tours with her and a, and a couple of stateside tours and it was a lot of fun man and i actually got to play on one of her records i played on her version of crimson and clover with her and tommy james so if you go Download that off iTunes. I'm playing bass on that record. Oh, I love that song, dude. I bet that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it was cool, man. Yeah. With Kent, uh, they had cut the song, 
in sort of a bluegrass style. You will hear it if you if you go listen to it. And the 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 bass, the upright bass, just wasn't cutting it. So Kent calls me one day and he goes, "Hey man, how's your pick skills?" You know, because he wanted it to be played rock with a pick. You know. Right. I said, "Well, they're 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 kind of pretty ring. They're pretty uh, real okay, I guess." You know, I said, "If you'll work with me, I can get you a track." And I said, "What you got?" And he goes, "Well, he goes, man, we cut this song with Dolly and Tommy James." Crimson and Clover. He goes, you remember that old song? I'm like, yeah, of course. I've played it a thousand times. And so he gave me an opportunity to be on Dolly's record, which there again, another debt of gratitude to my brother Kent Wells for allowing me to be on that record. Absolutely. You know, I the, my my first uh, you know experience with that song. Obviously, I grew up as that '80s kid. Was when Joan Jett covered it, and that was just mm-hmm. killer, man. When she did it. Yeah, yeah, she did a great job. Yeah, yeah. That was actually my favorite song on that whole record. I know there was a lot of good songs on there, but that cover was always a one that stuck out. Yeah, she had a she had quite a, a hit on that with 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 her version. Yeah, it was really well done. If I remember correctly, I I could be wrong, but I think my friend Sandy Gennaro might have been playing drums with Joan at that time. He lives here in Nashville now. There's been so many wonderful musicians that have moved here from New York and L.A. Uh, just because it's a great place to be, you know. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. So do you do you get out much down there in Nashville and jump around the bars and hang out and play a little bit at all or what? No, man, I really don't anymore. You know, I'm 58 years old, and, and uh, I just, when I'm home off the road, I just, I like to be home. You know, I have a little boy who's 10 years old, and I do 50% shared custody with his mother. And uh, I coach, you know, I do things like coach Little League Baseball. And, and you know, I work on tunes when I have to. I've got a big thing coming up October 24th at the CMA Theater at the Country Music Hall of Fame nice. with Dolly and Artemis and a bunch of people. It's a Susan Komen uh, uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Fundraiser. Uh, October 24th here in Nashville. So I'll, you know, I'll bone up and play with all the artists. I think Kix Brooks going to be there, Dolly, Artemis. I'll play with all, all everybody. I'll I'll be in the house band. So uh, I stay home and learn songs and, you know, clean the garage and just that kind of stuff. <laughs> Absolutely, you know, stuff, man. Very, stuff everybody else does, you know. Very cool. Yeah, I got a lot of friends that live down there now. And I'm going to throw a name out, and you may or may not know this guy. You know Dave Abdo. I do. Is he, is he a fiddle player? He's a bass player, Dave Abdo. Dave Abdo. Man, I know I know his name. I know, I know you know him because he's, he's on your friends list, man. I And he's he's a player down there now. He lives down there now. They got Will Gustafson. There's a bunch of guys down there that I know that live down there now. Um, I think Dave, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. He actually writes for a magazine, too, Dave does. And that may be where you know Dave. It could be. Base mm-hmm. Magazine. And I, and I bet you he did an article with you. I almost can guarantee he did. But uh, Holy darn. Well, uh, well just uh, dang it. Tell him to give me a buzz. I, I will, buddy. I will. Um, yeah, you know. It's funny that I'm talking to you now because I have been, like I said, I've been following you for years, and I mean years. When I when I say years, I'm going back to MySpace, man. I used to follow you on there. Wow. I remember the white specter with like the Uncle Sam, 
you know, head on it, all that stuff, man. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's what brought me, brought my attention to you was all the cool bases and things you had. And, and, uh, yeah, it's really cool to actually finally get you on the horn, man. I, I know I sent you a picture of that CD you had sent me years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. man, I had, uh, I've forgotten about that. But once you sent me a photo, it, it, uh, yes, I remember it well now. It's so old, it's got your old phone number on it. <laughs> I'll be damned, man. That's amazing. Yeah, I know. I, re- I remember it's got that track. She's a wild one. I remember that's on there, and there's a couple other ones. But it's a great, it's a great CD, man, and I treasure that to this day. Well, bless you. You're kind. That was a, a band I had with Kyle Level, uh, a songwriter. He's now down in Texas. He, Kyle, makes his living playing at piano bars, and he's really good at it. He's a great comedian. He's a great entertainer, and he's a great songwriter, a great singer. It was Kyle and uh, my buddy Kenny Rhino Earl who actually played drums in the metal band Man of War. Nice. Uh, Kenny was uh, Rhino in Man of War. Uh, and then Tommy Hatcher played guitars. And it was just the bass, drums, and guitar, and a singer, just three-piece. And we we had a great time, man. We had a lot of fun making that record. And, you know, we... We didn't really wind up doing much outside of, of Nashville, really, but we had a really great time together, and we wrote some fun music, not necessarily um, uh, anything lyrically astounding, but we wrote some really fun rock rock and roll uh, with a slight maybe soul or, or funk edge on some of it, and it was a lot of fun. We That was a very special time for all of us. Nice. Yeah, Man of War, man. I remember growing up listening to those guys, all the muscle-bound rock and rollers, man. It was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What yeah, a- Kenny. Kenny's one of the best. Yeah. What a great band. groove. Yeah, Kenny was one of the best groove players ever, and and but boy, he could really slay that that metal stuff, man. With double bass, he's one of the best I've ever seen. And that's and I'm a big Tommy Aldridge fan. For me to say that is is really laying it out there because, uh, you know, I mean, Kenny's every, every bit the player Tommy Aldridge is, in my opinion. Yeah. I think the coolest thing I ever seen Tommy Aldridge do was play that drum solo with his hands. And I, he started bleeding from the wrist. Cause you remember that, don't you? When he was, yeah, yes, I remember oh, seeing that. Yes. Wow. That was unbelievable to me, man. It's like, mm-hmm. this guy's the real deal, man. Yeah, he's great. And, you know, of course, Bonham used to do that in Zeppelin, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I and, mean, uh, but yeah, man, it's, I love Aldridge. He's such a he's such a master of his craft, you and, know, as, as are many, many guys, you know. Right. And while we're talking about drummers, man, Charlie Watts, man. Yeah, that yeah. was a bummer. Yeah, you it know? was, buddy. This week. And man. I got... I got, uh, you know, and, and then just not two weeks, two, two and a half weeks ago, we lost Dusty Hill, which was a real bummer, man. Yeah. And uh, I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm going to tell you something. So I was at Knuckleheads and you, you've played that venue. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know how they got that big mural of all the musicians on the wall. Mm-hmm. They already got Dusty on there, man. That's how quick uh, they, that's how quick they did that, man. That's cool. Yeah, I loved Dusty, man. I yeah. I got to meet him a few times because of Billy Bob. My first gig with Billy Bob went down like this. 
I was at home. I was still married at the time and I always kept my cell phone on the nightstand and or we had gone to bed and it was late, man. It was like 1 a.m. My phone kept going off. I, I always had it on vibrate, you know, not uh, no ringer. And my wife was sleeping and, and we had a new baby boy. My little boy was just small at that time. And my phone kept buzzing and I just thought, well, that's some of my buddies just calling late you know i'll just blow it off and about the fourth time it rang i thought well you know i better get up and see who's calling because something could be wrong with some of my family back home or i better just see what's going on so i grabbed the phone left the bedroom so it wouldn't disturb my wife and at the time and uh it was jd andrew which is billy bob's right hand guy and i was like well, this is weird i said hello and he goes dave he says it's jd he said we have to fire our bass player and send him home he's just dealing with too many personal problems and we just played down here in franklin tennessee he said uh what are you doing for the next three weeks and can you be in montgomery alabama tomorrow at five o'clock for sound check we're opening for zz top so I'm like, it's 1 a.m. I'm like, and when you get those kind of calls, if you don't say yes, they got to move on and find somebody, right, you know, because right. they're not going to stand around. And that's one of those things you don't have any time. You got to say yay or nay. And without even talking to my wife, I just said, yeah, man, you know, I'll be there. Because uh, I didn't have anything going at the time. And it was the timing was good. And uh, Billy Bob knew I played, but he didn't. He didn't know if I could do the gig. It's just they weren't a bind. And and thank goodness, they called me because my dear friend Steve Arnold, who used to work with Marty Stewart, Steve had done a couple tours with Billy Bob and knew Billy. And Steve was going through some personal things, and he had a his own bit landscaping business, which was doing really well. So Steve couldn't go. So he told JD, he said, call Dave. He can do it, man. So anyway, I said, yes, I'll be there. So the next day I get my dear friend Dwight Dixon to drive me from Nashville to Montgomery, Alabama, drop me off. I learned the show on the way to the gig. And uh, basically I, we pull in the, in the arena at five o'clock. And that's exactly the time that the Boxmasters and Billy get the stage for sound check. So the tour manager and the crew met me at the curb. The crew took my bags to the bus, and Tom Mayhew was our tour manager, who at the time tour managed Guns N' Roses. And Tom just said, Dave, get your bass, go straight to the stage. So I, I, I took all my charts and my notes and went to stage with Tom, and Billy was real nervous, and he didn't wasn't sure if he wanted me to play or not that night, you know. Teddy Andreatis was playing keyboards and Teddy toured with Guns N' Roses and Alice Cooper and a bunch of people. And he said, man, we're just going to get Teddy to play keyboard bass tonight. And he said, you can just watch and, and, and take notes tonight and then join us tomorrow. And I was like, well, you know, that's cool. And Tom says, well, how do you feel, Dave? He says, you think you can do it? And th their music is really simple. And Billy wants, especially the bass and drums, he wants them to play really simple. So it was, not hard you know i wasn't trying to play rush tunes so i said yeah man i can i can do it but i said you know whatever whatever you know billy's comfort level is just you know so tom says to billy he says look man he goes come out to front of house with me 
Dave, set up and play a couple of songs with the guys. Billy, if you like what he does, let him play tonight. And Dave, if he doesn't like what you do, you sit out tonight. I said, hey, that's fair. Fine. So Billy went out to the front of the house with uh, Tom, and we played a couple of songs. I don't even remember what the songs were, but we played a couple of songs, and Billy came back, and he was all smiles. He's like, oh, we'll be fine. So we do our set that night, opening for ZZ Top, and we get finished, and we all go back to our dressing room. Now, I promise I'm going somewhere with this. That's all good. <laughs> Keep it up. I love it, man. I love it. So we go back to our dressing room, and ZZ Top's crew's getting them ready to go on, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, our dressing room door opens, and somebody says, hey, where's the bass player? And I turn around, and it's Dusty Hill, dude. And and I'm like, I'm stunned because I'm I'm the bass player he's looking for, and here stands one of my heroes asking for me. And I'm like, I I don't remember exactly what I done. I think I might have raised my hand or like sheepishly like I'm I'm over here and I can't believe you're Dusty Hill, you know. And uh, he walks over to me and he goes, "Son," he said. They said you learned the show on the way down here today. He goes, is that true? I said, yes, sir, I did. And he goes, boy, he said, don't play so well tomorrow. He goes, I've been playing these pop <laughs> tunes for 40 years. He goes, and I still mess them up. That's awesome, so, man. So that was one of the highest compliments I ever got, man. And it was from one of my all-time bass heroes. So, uh, sorry that was so long-winded no story, that but, was super cool dave i'm glad you told yeah. that story man that's awesome that's how it happened and that's how i got started with billy bob and i did oh, a few consecutive tours after that and got to meet the top boys and and got to know dusty just a little bit and, yeah yeah it was, it was great man I've, I've been so fortunate i i tour managed for dr john too man i don't know if you knew that but i worked closely with dr john that is super cool, man. I, you know, yeah. it's unbelievable. You, you've had your hands in so many pies that it's unbelievable. I mean, well, there again, I've just been very fortunate and very lucky, man, that I've been able to do the things I've been able to do. And it's, you know, I just feel real blessed and, and I'm still doing it. You know, I'm still playing Absolutely. with Artemis. I'm still making the, making a few records here and there. And uh, I did, uh, I'm part of a new record label and publishing venture called get Joe records. Okay. I've been hired. I've been hired on as the universal director of A&R for the label and the publishing company. So I, I my dream job has always been able would to be, to be an A&R guy for a record label and to find talent. And, uh, I've got several new young acts that I'm working with right now that I'm super excited about my business partners, Lenny snow, out of Dallas and Joe Ayala from uh, New Mexico are just great guys. Very, our, our slogan is uh, music is our passion and we have a lot of passion. Nice. So we're, we're going to try to keep it real with, with just great songs, great music and uh, that kind of thing, you know? Very cool. That was great, man. Hey, uh, so I want to ask you just a couple off the wall questions. So who is some of your influences on a bass plan? Oh man, there are many dusty Hill for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Billy Sheehan who 
is a very close personal friend of mine. I love Billy. We spend time together when we can. He lives here now, and I go over to Billy's house and have meals and hang out and talk shop, and Billy was a great influence on me before I ever got to be friends with him, and then I got to know him, and he's just one of my dearest buds, and uh, Billy, uh, a guy named T.M. Stevens, if you look him up, he's uh, a black guy from the Bronx, New York, and he was in the Pretenders. He okay. played on all that, that 80s era Joe Cocker stuff. Uh, he was on all that. He was in uh, – he played on Whitney Houston records. He played on Mariah Carey records. He did James Brown Living in America from the Rocky movie. Nice. Uh, he, his his discography is ridiculous because he played with everybody, man. And I love TM. Unfortunately, TM. Uh, well, fortunately, he's still with us. Unfortunately, he has dementia, and he will never play again. So, but I love TM, uh, Billy, Dusty Hill, Chris Squire, obviously from Yes, and I got to meet Chris. You know. Uh, a few years before he passed, uh, Verdine White of Earth, Wind, and Fire, uh, you know, Cliff Williams of ACDC, and all these guys I'm really proud to say are my, they're, they're friends. I, you know, I have direct contact with all of them, and, and I'm very fortunate that, that, that these, are, these are guys who are my heroes, and now I can just call them up, you know, and it's, it's really cool that I've been able to do that because, man, I'm just, I, I'm no different than anybody. I'm, I'm, basically a, a a poor farm boy from North Carolina who never had anything man and I just came here and put my nose to the grindstone and worked hard and and I got in the, the right situation at the right time and and met the right people and here I am you know and I, I dude I haven't got rich doing this I never like to mislead anybody I I have not gotten rich doing this but I have lived a killer life dude <laughs> And I'm not, you know, and I'm blessed. I don't, you know, I'm not, I didn't miss a meal today. I won't, I won't miss one tomorrow. Uh, I have more than some people and not as much as others, but I'm, I'm quite content with where I am in my life. That's awesome, Dave. You know, and it, it's funny, man. I'm a huge Billy Sheehan fan. You know, I play bass too. Uh, I, uh, he was one of my influences, obviously, you know, and uh, yeah, man. I seen a picture that you posted not too long ago with a couple of them Yamahas, man. Yeah, well, I, the black one, the black one, Billy gave me. That's their their 10th anniversaries. Yeah, and they made three, they made three hundred of those, and they made, and I think I'm speculating correctly. They made a hundred and fifty in black and a hundred and fifty in purple. Yeah. Well, I was in L.A. year. I don't know, man. It, it had to be twelve. 15 years ago I was out there with Billy hanging out and he had been in Europe we talked on the phone and he said hey man he goes when you out in LA next month he said I'm gonna get up with you so I got something for you I said okay cool and uh little did I know it was going to be uh you know they made serial number one through 300 and everybody knows Billy has number one and he gave me serial number two which is the black one. Oh, that's awesome that's yeah, and then super. my purple one. Yeah, it's really cool. The purple one, I I bought it a good while back out of Base Northwest up in Seattle, and it's serial number ten. I wanted a purple one to go with the black one, but I wanted a very low serial number. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, to go with my other one. And uh, yeah, man, so it, uh, they sound great. I'm running the, the new uh, DiMarzio Relentless pickups that were Billy's design with Larry DiMarzio. Uh, Billy turned me on to those, and I have those at all the bases I use with Artemis because they're really – they sound great for anything, but they're really great for rock. Nice. Uh, they're just real meaty and real uh, – they just – I have this term, uh, not unless you are probably a bass player, nobody would understand it, but they have teeth. Yes. They just have, they just have a lot of grit and grind and, and they're just perfect for rock music. You know, they just sound so great. I had, uh, I get so many compliments after Artemis's show of like, man, those basses sound unbelievable. What, what are you doing that's different? And I'm like, no, nothing. I'm just running a P bass relentless through a, Ampeg preamp and a tube compressor. That's it, man. Very cool. So you Nothing. you bought the purple one for me. You're gonna send that to me, right? Yeah, you just gotta be sure and shoot me your address. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet it'll work out. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's uh, Billy is a wonderful, wonderful, very yeah. warm human. I've never seen a guy of his on the level that he is that's so down to earth and so accessible to his fans he he he's accessible to anybody that wants access to him he's he's really cool man if you if you message him on social media he answers himself yeah. you don't have anybody managing it he's you can bet when he answers it might only be a one word answer depending but uh but he is uh He's a great dude. No, I've met Billy on several occasions. He is top notch, man. I've seen him with the winery dogs, Mr. Big. You know, I've, I've had the opportunity to shake that guy's hand. He is super cool, man. Everything you just said he was, he is. Yeah, he, he really is, man. He, he strives to, to be, to be the best guy he can be for his fans. And, and, and that's why he's successful. You know, he's always willing to share knowledge and, and man, he's just, full of knowledge <laughs> that guy he's incredible and and he's not only that he's he's just he, he is a good close personal friend we like to talk about cooking he loves to cook and he does, we like to talk, he does. yeah we like yeah we like to talk about cooking and we like to talk about a lot of other stuff outside of base but obviously we, we do talk a lot of shop and and he's very helpful in a lot of areas you know so Dave, what else you got coming up, man? You got any tour? I mean, I, I know you're on tour with Artemis Pile. Is that something that's going to be kicking off here this fall, or is it something that's going on currently? Yeah, it's going on currently. Let me, uh, I can give you a little bit of a rundown if you want. Absolutely. Um, this Friday, which is just in a couple of days, August 27th, we will be uh, at Penn's Peak in Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania. Uh, this Friday night, August 27th, September 2nd, we're in Asheville, North Carolina, which is the hometown of the band, uh, at a Highland Brewery, uh, where it's a benefit for the Rotary Club in Asheville, which is a great organization that helps a lot of underprivileged families. Uh, September 3rd is Chrisville, Maryland, uh, at the Elks Lodge in Chrisville, uh, September 11th is going to be a killer show at uh, Glasgow, Kentucky. 
at the Plaza Theater uh, with special guest Ryan Brashear, which is one of the acts we're working with at our label. Ryan's a great young guitar player, singer, songwriter from Kentucky. Uh, he's amazing. He'll be opening that show for Artemis. September 25th, we're in Newport, Arkansas for Depot Days. Uh, it's a street festival, I guess. Uh, Sock Rapids, Minnesota on October 8th at Raleigh's. Uh, and then Arnold's Park, Iowa on October 9th at Arnold's Park Roof Garden. Uh, Marion, Virginia on October 15th. The Capitol Theater in Flint, Michigan on October 29th. And then October 30th is uh, De Plains, Illinois at the De Plains Theater. All right, man. Thank you for yeah, that. We got, a, we got a few dates. And, and of course, every February we do the Rock Legends Cruise out of Florida. Uh, this year we'll be sailing to the Bahamas. And it's this year it's Sticks and Deep Purple and us. And there's like Man, I don't know. There's like 20 or 30 bands on there with music going all the time. Cool. Well, very cool, man. I'm going to be looking into that. And if, uh, if I can make one of those, I will be sure to let you know. Yeah, please do, man, because uh, yeah, I think you'd really enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. And, you know, other than the label and just continuing to play with Artemis and the, the cancer benefit that's coming up, <clears throat> um, we, uh, that's kind of what we got our finger on right now, you know, uh, that we're working on. So that's awesome, man. Uh, well, Dave, man, it's, it's always a pleasure, man. And, uh, dude, you know, I, I think a lot of you and I really appreciate everything you do. Well, you're very kind and I'm very grateful to you. Um, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm just a regular guy that got real lucky on some things and, just happened to be at the right place at the right time, like I said. And I just somehow amassed a career out of it, and I'm I'm still doing it. And you know, just uh, just so happy that I'm that I'm still doing it. You know, absolutely, man. Well, I'll tell you what, buddy. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you off here, and uh, you have a great night. And I will make sure to get you a. Uh, I'll get my producer to shoot you over a copy of this interview, man. And I just, just want to thank you again for doing this, man. It was great. Well, of course, brother, I was happy to do it. And yes, please send me a link. Absolutely. We will do that for sure. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot, Bob. I appreciate it. Dave, you have a blessed night, man. It's great talking to you, brother. You too. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That concludes today's episode of the Metal Bob Live podcast. Please see our website for sponsor links. Thank you for listening. Metal Bob out.